Welcome to the After Show, where we explore the message behind the message. And if you haven't had the chance to subscribe to our podcast, please do that and follow us. Uh, my name's Michael. I'm here with Pastor Marty, our lead pastor. Pastor Marty, thanks Michael, for joining us. Good to see you, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. And we're in this series called It's Time. Yep. And it's a brand new year. And this week we talked about it's time to fear God. And so I just wanted to ask you really quick, are there any phobias or are there any fears that you have um, when, when we're talking about fear? You know, phobia, fear, is it the same thing? I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say phobias. There's things that make me greatly uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, heights at a certain level, I'm right. okay at a certain point. I don't mind ladders or this or that. But you get up pretty high. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I was on a water slide with my father-in-law. He talked me into doing this. And we get to the top of this big, uh, you know, climb up these stairs. And it had to be 100, 200 feet down. Right. And there's only one way down, which is a slide or walk back down the right, stairs and exactly. face all the folks laughing at you. Yes. And so I, I hit that and I will never do that again. <laughs> so maybe overly uh, sensitive toward heights. Right. Uh, but by and large, I wouldn't say many phobias. Yeah. So when whenever you were talking this weekend about fearing God, I think sometimes when we think of fear, we we draw the conclusion or we as humans, we lean towards the negative, yep. like fear is bad or I don't want to be fearful. So, Pastor, how, how do you, because I haven't heard someone talk about the fear of God in, in a while. How, how do we turn fearing God and, and looking at that as a blessing or as a positive in our life as believers, as followers of Christ? Well, I mean, so let's think about a guardrail along a Rocky Mountain Road. Right. If you've ever been to Rocky Mountain National Park or anything that's up on an elevated plane, you have these guardrails that exist to keep you from falling off the side and yeah. coming to a deadly end, literally. Exactly. Yes. So I look at the fear of God as a guardrail. It's mm. it's an awareness of where the lines are drawn. And I, I think that one of the things to consider is that by nature, we don't like the lines being drawn. Yes. We want to uh, we want to off-road our life. We want to drive mm -hmm. where we want to drive, you know. Exactly. And so I think that when you talk about the fear of God, a big part of that is, well, who are you talking to? Mm -hmm. uh, as a believer, the fear of God is about reverence. Yes. It's, a, it's a deep respect for the things of God. Mm -hmm. It's knowing who God is, His character, His nature, attributes, and so forth. As a non-believer, if you're talking to a non-believer, one who does not yet have a faith in God and has received the salvation and, and forgiveness of sin, mm -hmm. then their fear of God is very different. Yes, uh, I don't fear going to hell. Mm -hmm. I don't right. fear that at any level. I, yeah. I, you know, the devil will come in times in your life and make you doubt some things, mm -hmm. but I don't fear it. I, I yeah. believe in the goodness of God, the grace and mercy. I believe in my in my heart that I'm following the Lord according to His plan and mm -hmm. all those things. So. But if I'm talking to a non-believer, it's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So I, I think that that question may come back to who are we talking to, mm -hmm. you know? And that's great. And I think sometimes, and I loved how you brought this out in the message this past week, that sometimes we have this picture of God that he's just ready to to judge us mm -hmm. and that whole judgment piece. Yep. And just how you brought that in with just reminding us of what you just said a moment ago, the grace of God and the goodness of God and believing that. I think a lot of times we as Christians, sometimes we can we can live in that fear. And the only reason we're following God or serving God is out of fear and not out of that relationship. Yeah. And so just learning how to, to balance that in our lives. Yeah, and that's not the Christian life. I mean, mm -hmm. Paul talked about this exclusively throughout the book of Romans. And that is, you know, is it law? Is it something or someone? Is it Jesus or is it the law? Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it this way, fearing God is really not just being a T-crosser and an I-dotter. Yeah. It's really about loving Him in a mm -hmm. relationship Absolutely. with Him through His Son, Jesus, 
that makes you want to do better, yes. makes you want to elevate. I use an example in my devotion uh, recently uh, on married life. Uh, you know, is a marriage better off if every day your wife hands you a cup of coffee for the day and a list of do's and don'ts for the day? Or is it better right. off if you just fall so in love with her mm-hmm. that you want to take care, exactly. you want to please, you want to keep yourself to her, mm-hmm. you want to do the things that honor her? That's the difference. Right. And so a better marriage would be the latter, not mm-hmm. the former. Yeah. And the same with our exactly. walk with God. Yeah. And that's that's an incredible picture, just that reminder of of relationship rather than rule following, but there's this desire in our heart to please the Lord out of this relationship. Pastor, you, you did an incredible job this weekend of just reminding us, and I think sometimes that we can get caught up in fearing man. Mm-hmm. And can you just talk to us a little bit more about that and why, how that, the fear of man instead of the fear of God, and how that can play into our, our faith and in, in, in ultimately trying to please man than rather than trying to please God. Yeah, man, that's dicey in some respects, but it's a necessary conversation right. because we live in a world today that because we can't see God necessarily, well, we mm-hmm. can't, we tend to forget He's even present. Mm-hmm. And we live with this constant concern in our world today. And even as a pastor, yeah, I mean, I would be sure. remiss if I didn't say that there's times when I'm, I'm going to preach a sermon and I go, ooh, man, if that if if I say that like that, it's going to create some folks t- mm-hmm. to be a little bit uh, upset with me. Mm-hmm. And I have to make a decision right, right there. Is it the Word of God or is it pleasing men that I'm more concerned with? And I'm not endeavoring to be offensive or rude or right, hateful exactly. at any level, right. but I've got to be truthful and clear in the mm-hmm. Scriptures. So I think our world today is has bought into a philosophy mm-hmm. that if we ever confront anything or address anything, that it's a bad thing. And I think even in our relationship, we deal with this. For example, I know you do a lot of marriage stuff. You mm-hmm. and your wife do a lot yeah. of coaching and small groups and mentoring. Mm-hmm. How tough is it for most marriages to have an honest conversation? Yeah. How true. often do we let things suppress under a conflict for mm-hmm. the fear of bringing up the truth in something mm-hmm. that could lead to healing, wholeness, and resolve yeah. and maybe fix itself pretty quick? Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. We're not taught that way. We're taught to uh, to just hold your thought to yourself. And now we're in a culture that on one hand, we say everything we think. On the other hand, we fail to speak truth. Mm-hmm. The amazing part to me about Scripture is the Bible says to speak the truth in love. Exactly. Yes. I think about that. Mm-hmm. So what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't brag. Love isn't arrogant, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. So we look at this and we talk about love. And I think that we struggle because our world today has taught that anything that doesn't subscribe to someone's own self-worth or what they think mm-hmm. is unloving. Yeah. And the truth be told, uh, when I walked into my doctor's office many years ago, and he said, you've got to lose weight or you're mm-hmm. going to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have a high stress job. You're not working out. You're out of shape. Um, you know, my, my fat levels were way high. My muscle level was way low. My cardiovascular was non-existent. I mean, it was couch to fridge. I mean, that's, that was my, that was my marathon. Pastor, were you offended when he said that? I was. And I thought (laughs) I'm going to get a new doctor. No, the reality is I had to make a choice. Are my feelings more important than my future? Right. That's great. And he cared about my future more than Mm. my feelings. Mm. We live in a world today that cares more about feelings than someone's future. Mm. And it's not my word that judges anybody. Right. I have no, I have no right to judge any human because mm-hmm. I myself am judged. But all of us stand before the Holy Word right. of God. Right. So yeah, I was that was not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pastor friend of mine tells me the story about him. Look, him. He said I was walking out of the shower one day, 
And he said, my wife looked at me and said, you need to work out. And he said, it crushed me. He said, it crushed me because I realized I had let her down by not taking care of myself. Subsequent response, he dropped 70 pounds and looks great. Yeah. And he's my age and looks 30, you know, and it's amazing what he's done with his physical being. But it all came because someone cared enough to have a direct conversation. Mm-hmm. Pastor, and uh, thank you so much for being honest and just being vulnerable with that. How do we, I wrote this down here, how do we fear God and still know God? Because I feel like sometimes that fear can be a wall for believers to say, man, and and I know you've experienced this, and I think you might have mentioned it a little bit this weekend, that idea of legalism, mm-hmm. and again, that, that God is over there and, and He's just ready to judge me. Um, how do we still draw close to God out of reverence and fear? How does that, what does that look like in a believer's life? Well, I think, first of all, every believer needs to know that God is the leader in building relationship. Mm-hmm. God sent His Son to come in the form of a human, the incarnation, God in the right. flesh, so that we could know God wanted to know us. Mm-hmm. That was an invitation. Yeah. God didn't have to do that for Him. He did that for us. Right. God is already all-knowing. Mm-hmm. God did that to give us the awareness that this guy really does care. Yes. It'd be like if you had someone who meant the world to you and they showed up at your birthday party. And this is a very small example. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even scratch the surface of, of what Christ did. But it would make a statement that, man, that that guy, he he cares about right, me. That right. that person cares about me. They mm-hmm. showed up for my event. Right. And so we have to know, number one, that God paved the way. God mm-hmm. took the first step. The second thing is is that because of the work of Christ upon the cross, Mm -hmm. we have access back to the Father at His invitation. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to come to Him uh, meekly. The Bible says, come to Him boldly. Come into His presence with boldness Mm -hmm. because of what? Because of what the uh, the work of Christ upon the cross. I'm getting tongue-tied on those two words right there. Come boldly before Mm -hmm. the throne and declare who you are in Christ. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. We're not the enemy of God. Sin's mm. the enemy of God. That's Loving great. the world yes. is the enemy of God. But we yeah. ourselves, in our love for God, our pursuit for God, God is saying, I want you to come. I mm. want you to draw near. Draw near to God, James 5, and yes. he'll draw near yes. to you. Yeah. God took a step. Take a step back. Mm-hmm. The fear of God is not trepidation. It's an awareness and a reverence for who God is. And that includes his hunger for us. Mm -hmm. God loves us. God Mm -hmm. loves mankind so much. He paid the ultimate price by giving his son. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves us so much, paid the price by his life. How much more do we need to know about the love of God? Yeah, and that's beautiful, Pastor. That's the gospel. I mean, that's what you're sharing there. That's it. Is that God came near to us. And this whole picture of not where we're having to pursue, where we're having to reach out to God, but where He reaches out to us. Um, I I love, again, what you said here. Don't let your fear of man remove your convictions and biblical instructions. And again, Pastor, and, and you were even talking to us earlier about this, even today, just that idea of, that we need to be people of conviction um, and not just people that are following the trends or following what's popular in culture. Um, so that whole idea, again, of, of allowing our fear of man to, to really move us towards not being standing firm in our convictions. And so what I wanted to ask you, Pastor, is just what are some practical things that you think people can do 
um, to continue to live in that fear and that reverence of God in their in their everyday lives. And you alluded a little bit to it with the marriage, that picture mm-hmm. of the marriage. But just in, in practical ways, what are some steps that you think people can take um, to continue to live that out, living that out in their their daily lives? Well, there's there's not a secret sauce. This isn't like mm-hmm. you know what's in the Chick Fil A sauce. This right. is really basics. Uh, it's Bible basics. It's number mm-hmm. one, drawing close to the Word of God in a regular flow of of study, mm-hmm. learning God, His character, attributes, nature, all those things through His Word. The Bible is the great revealer of God to yes. us. It is though it is the source that shares with us the heart of God, character, God, nature of God. It's, so it's all in there. The other part of this is prayer. I, I think mm-hmm. prayer is way over, just way overlooked mm-hmm. uh, in the body of Christ. It is. Uh, it's almost a Cinderella of the conversation in many people's lives. It's, you know, maybe in a, if I get a chance, prayer has got to become a deep conviction of our existence. Right. Uh, I mean, again, let's go back to married life. I, I talk to my wife all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was walking in today before this, uh, before this interview, I FaceTimed yeah. her because I wanted to see her face and hear her voice. Yeah. You know, we text, we talk, we call. Mm-hmm. She matters to me. Uh, she's my person on this earth. Well, mm. if I don't pray, how am I talking to God? Right. How am I celebrating His goodness? How mm. am I doing that? And so we've got to pray. Read the Word, got to pray. We've got to embrace worship. Worship as a lifestyle, worship as a practice, worship as a as as an event. It's, it's all mm. those things. They're not one mm. and not, not the other. It's all yeah. those things. And then I think we have to find ways to keep growing within the body. Mm-hmm. And the reality is um, the Christian life requires... Um, uh, a group experiences. Yeah. And sure. I know that we're in a world today where that's very frowned upon because mm-hmm. of things going on, but we've got to find ways to get in people's lives and to know that they're in our life and mm-hmm. to know that we're, we're carrying burdens and we're, and we're, and we're shouldering sorrows through this journey of life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the real pitfalls of these last tw- 10, 12 months has been the number of people who've gone through significant brokenness yeah. and loss and, um, and not have the people to shoulder them and, and mm-hmm. to stand by them and no support systems because it was all, you know, get away. So I think those are all practical things. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, you may say, well, how does that relate to fearing God? Well, fear is reverence. Mm-hmm. And reverence means you recognize and you elevate. That's yeah. reverence. You recognize right. and elevate. When I recognize who God is and elevate him to the place he should be in my life, well, he's already there. I just have to acknowledge it. Then I begin to do these things. Mm-hmm. If he is the King of Kings and Lord right. of Lords, I want to pray. Yeah. If he is the creator of all things and God that knows everything, I want to read the word. Mm-hmm. If he is the one that knows my destiny, then I want to right. spend time. Mm-hmm. If he is all the stuff we talk about, I want to worship. Yeah. If the body of Christ is all that the word says it is, I want to be a part. Mm-hmm. And so all these things come back to when I elevate God to that rightful level, it changes how I respond to God. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, Pastor, because that's what you're doing in all of those areas, reading your Bible, praying, worship. You are. You're exalting Christ in your life. You're making him bigger. Not that he... he you're making your view of him bigger, mm-hmm. where you actually begin to realize how great he is and how good he is, um, and, and this desire for honor and respect of who God is and where he's placed in our lives. Um Pastor, can we can we talk about a couple of these other things that you ended uh, this past weekend? You said we cannot be light if we don't shine. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ways that we as Christians again can shine in the world where we're living right now? Well, I mean, so if, if you have light, that means you have have darkness. So yeah. obviously, 
Christians are great at shining lights on Sunday mornings inside their worship centers and inside their homes watching yeah. online. I mean, mm-hmm. we're great at that. We've yeah. perfected coming together and and cheering. I give you an example. Uh, my my one of my sons years ago, we were at a family camp and we and they were playing dodgeball in the in the gymnasium. He was yeah. just a younger kid at that time, maybe seven eight years of age, maybe nine. I don't know what, but younger. And he, they're playing dodgeball. You've ever seen dodgeball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. you throw the ball and hit people, right? <laughs> exactly. And you got this line, and they all try to get close to the line. Right. He's at the back of the line talking smack. He's on the back wall. No one can even hit him. They tried to talk right. and smack. And I yelled at him. I said, "I said if you're going to talk smack, get to the front of the line. Yeah. Otherwise, close your mouth. I mean, just just talking smack back with him. A lot of believers stand on the back wall mm-hmm. and want to talk about the darkness. Yeah. Hey, that's great. If we're going to yeah. shine the light, we've mm-hmm. got to get where some darkness exists. Right. And there's plenty of it today. We see mm-hmm. darkness in in hate, darkness in in murder, darkness in killing and strife, yeah. darkness in all the tension on the earth today. We see we see darkness." Um, in in our value of humanity, we see mm-hmm. darkness and in, in racism. There's so much darkness right, out there that right. that we can shine the light. What's the light? The light is truth. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about truth: truth is true to everybody in every circumstance. Mm-hmm. A lot of believers buy into circumstantial truth or even circumstantial ethic. Yep. But truth is truth, mm-hmm. and wrong is wrong, and right is right, and that's the hard part for us to process because we're conditioned to a world that says, well, this would be right, or this is wrong, but because now it makes it right. Mm-hmm. So we live in a world of exchanges, yeah. and we're exchanging humanity for humanity, brokenness for brokenness, mm-hmm. wrong for wrong. And we don't think of it that way because we think, well, I don't want to do wrong, but this is my only option. Yeah. No, that's wrong. Wrong mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you teach your kids growing up, don't punch people, don't hit right. people, right? Well, it's there's, there's principles at stake in this mm-hmm. journey. And so we have to figure out where does right and wrong move back to the center of our life. And mm-hmm. so I think to be light, you've got to point the truth. Right. I would also say this, and I said this this past weekend, it's the job of the believer, the job of light is to point the way, not to point the finger. That's right. That's true. And we have way too much finger pointing right mm-hmm. now in our world. Yeah. It's in our churches, in our homes. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> the right. first finger pointer was Adam. Yes. Yeah. Hey, God, she it was, did it. She did it. She did it. It wasn't me. It was her. Right. That's the first official finger pointer right. that we know of in, 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 yes. the, in the on the earth. So we've got to move from that to mm-hmm. where's the way? Show me the path. Yeah. I, I know we're broke. I know we're messed up. I know mm-hmm. we're sinful. I know there's problems. Let's mm-hmm. talk the path. Right. Give me a path. Give me a path to walk. I want yeah. to walk a path. Mm-hmm. Not you're a sinner. You're broken. You did this. You did. That. I, I get all that. Mm-hmm. What's the way? Yeah. What's interesting is. Early Christians were called people of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. They weren't called Christians. They were called yeah. people of the way, right? They were mm-hmm. called people of the way. Yes. Jesus said, I am the way. The way. So we're called to point the way, mm-hmm. and that's light and yeah. darkness. Yeah. I love that. That's that's a beautiful picture, Pastor. And I'm reminded of the woman who's caught in adultery, mm-hmm. and Jesus gets down beside her, and he says, where are your accusers? But then he doesn't just, he's like, I, I don't c- accuse you. I don't condemn you. But then, so he's speaking the truth and he encourages her. He challenges her, go and sin no more. He's not saying, hey, what you're doing is right. But he does, he's pointing the way, hey, go and sin no more. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not standing here. Even though Jesus had the right to bring judgment or accusation, he doesn't. He, again, shows grace and truth, that whole balance of that grace and truth. And so. Yeah, and that's a great example. And what's interesting there, I'm glad you brought that out, because Jesus was addressing all of them. 
Right. See, in our human eye, we would go, hey, she was wrong. They were right. <laughs> and what he's right. saying is everybody here is wrong. Mm-hmm. The only one who was right was him. Exactly. Everybody, And that's hard for us to process mm-hmm. because we would tend to look at that story and go, I'm glad they call her out on that. Right. Right. But yeah. he got them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they end up dropping their stones that's and walking right, away. Because he yep. got them. Yeah, he did. Yep. Hey, Pastor, thank you so much for taking time out. I know your schedule is packed, and so we just appreciate you taking a few minutes to come and talk to us and continue to challenge us and encourage us. We really appreciate you. It's my joy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, if again, I just want to remind you, if you've joined us today, we want to encourage you to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want you to share and like this, continue to invite people in um, so that they can be a part of the conversations that we're having every week. Um, if, If you haven't subscribed, please do that. You can find all of our content, all of our sermons from past weeks also on our channel. And we're so glad you joined us today. We can't wait to see you next week.